0: Parents of children with disabilities in Chicago public schools have long had to fight to get an education on par with other students. Now the school district is faced with a prolonged shutdown due to COVID-19 that makes remote and online learning more important than ever. But making that work for students in special education is a complex and difficult challenge. WBEZ Sarah Carp reports on how children with special needs and their parents are managing during this extended school closure. Venetia Sanchez's 13-year-old daughter wakes up a bit later than usual, but spends several hours a day on Google Classroom getting schoolwork done. Her 10-year-old son also has links to activities online from his teacher, but he's on the autism spectrum. He's nonverbal, has a tendency to run off, and has a very short attention span. For him to get any work done, Sanchez has to be full-on engaged. They post stuff for the kids to do, but it's not really anything that. He can do like write about what you're observing at your home. I mean, he can't write. Not, you know, everything that we don't go the classroom I have to totally help him with. He's not independent at all. Sanchez says she thinks the special education staff at Thorpe Elementary in Portage Park are trying their best, but it's clear to her that the education her daughter is getting during this prolonged school shutdown is much better than what her son is getting. So far, no one has been able to answer the question of how, with school buildings closed and the prospect of trying to move all classes online. They will ensure that special education students get what they were promised, the same free and appropriate education as everyone else. At first, the state and school district's answer to this question was that work done during the shutdown could only improve a student's grade. So if special education students couldn't do it, it wouldn't hurt them. Now with the school's shutdown prolonged, the feds and the state seem to be pushing schools to provide real classes for all students, including those in special ed. Barb Cohen is a special education advocate in Chicago for the Legal Counsel for Health Justice. What he's basically saying is do the best you can do. And you still have responsibilities, but we understand if you can't meet them all. New federal guidance said there was a lot of leeway in how to make things accessible. But Cohen says the example they gave was pretty obvious. Visually impaired students can use text-to-speech software. But it gave no ideas of how to modify more complex services, like how a school could provide occupational or physical therapy remotely. Chicago Public Schools released the first specific guidance for special education students today but it offered little about whether teachers need to be adjusting lessons or how to do that online. Cohen would like to see teachers get more direction, but she understands the difficulty in moving to remote learning in a school district like Chicago. Her clinic represents children from poor families, and half of her clients don't even have email addresses. I'm trying to be patient with the district. I wish they had thought through it in advance. I wish the federal government had thought through these things far more in advance. Um, But they didn't, and maybe this is an opportunity to actually put in place some supports that have long been needed. The lack of clear direction has left teachers like Christina Peacock scrambling to accommodate lessons on her own. She supports special education students in a regular class. Leaning on her tech-savvy husband, she's used iMovies to make a video of her in front of a dry eraser board, explaining key terms for the upcoming Constitution test. She's also tried to teach her students how to use software to lower the reading level of an article. I think I'm kind of doing a lot of learning alongside them when it comes to this. But she says she does not feel like it's enough. It's kind of scary, at least for me right now. Um, I think I take my job and like what I'm doing very seriously and it worries me that we're not doing them justice when it comes to what's going on right now in terms of their education. Mom Aisha Townsend is desperately trying to fill in the gaps on her own. Her son has a learning disability and attention deficit disorder. He goes to Arthur Ashe Elementary School in Chatham on the South Side. Just the other day, she called her son's aide. Asking, what is going to be done for special education students with individualized education plans, or IEPs? She said that right now, they don't know what they're going to do with the children for um, IEPs, but they're trying to get something done. Still, she has her son who is in third grade on a strict schedule. He wakes up early. After breakfast, he does work on the laptop, then worksheets, and then flashcards. Because he fidgets a lot, she lets him take breaks. But even they are filled with learning. I make the break into a game so that he's able to practice the work that he's doing. Or I'll make it into a song. I'll be like, well, you have one times one equals one, two times one equals two. So we'll do the singing or do the dancing with the flashcards. We try to switch it up. She says she's thankful that she got her son a laptop a few months ago, and she's letting other children come and use it. She says there's no time to waste in trying to get her son and others academically up to speed. She refuses to let him falter. She, too, was in special education and wound up dropping out of high school. Well, we can't afford to have him left behind. Like I said, I know how it feels to be as an IEP parent, but also an old IEP student that got left behind. And I don't want that for my kid and I don't want that for anyone else. Sarah Karp, WBEC News.